Hello and welcome to Not Sisters Podcast. I'm Emily, the mom. And I'm Taylor, the daughter. I don't know why, but just right when we started to record, I had that one TikTok song that came to my mind. It was all, oh, work your butt, work your butt. Like the, oh, that one, yeah. and I'm like, what? where am I at? What am I doing? What am I saying? Like, why am I singing that song? I don't know why. It's in my head right now. That was now. your go time. Yeah, that was my go time. Like, oh, work mm-hmm. your butt. I don't even know what the words are, but that's what it sounds like. I like that song. <laughs> uh, happy, nice fall day. It's a beautiful fall day. Fall in the afternoon, winter in the morning. It was really chilly. Chilling to your bones. Are you going to be prepared to be paddle, not paddle boarding, kayaking, right? Mm-hmm. In the moonlight? Yes, we're going on a moonlight paddle tonight. I'm so excited. Um, but I am a little bit nervous because I remember the hardest part is you pos- you get in the kayak and position it, but you're at an angle and then the guide kind of like kicks you, pushes you out. <laughs> and you're like, oh, <laughs> that was the hardest part. Yeah. And then getting out also. Because you don't want to fall in. Yeah. Did anybody fall in? No, no one fell okay. in. But it's just, I don't know why I like, how, I don't want to be so the So are your, is your brother and I and you all going to be in the same kayak? No, we all have our own. We all have our own? Yes. We all have to do our own paddling? Yes. Oh. I'm so excited to see Matthew. On this, I don't know. I feel like the three of us always just have such a good time. Mm-hmm. Like the three of us just kicking it, vibing, vibing. So I'm excited. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be fun. I'm looking forward to it. It. I think I'm gonna have to bring like a. But I don't know. Would you get warm? Because you're like warm. You're working. If I were you, I would bring gloves. Mm-hmm. Um, and a hat. Yeah, I don't know what kind of shoes I'm gonna wear because I might wear fuzzy crocs because <laughs> if they get wet like i don't care about them and oh, then they'll yeah. keep my feet warm oh, and we're going with kayakers like they don't care if i'm wearing crocs true i know <laughs> <laughs> well it's a pretty small group though i feel mm-hmm. like you could only it was like only 20 or something that could sign up yeah it's a small group and it's pretty cool because you can kind of go off and do your own thing or you can follow the guide and he has different things to say Oh, what did, did you follow the guide? No. Awesome? No, you didn't listen to the things you had to say? No. <laughs> I was busy. <laughs> you were busy paddleboarding yeah. or kayaking. Oh my gosh, I guess tomorrow at Spring Lake, they're having a witch's paddle. I saw that. We should Someone, go. I know. Just to we like should watch bring it. Bo. We can totally bring him. <laughs> Excuse me. He has been such a jerk. <laughs> Such a jerk since I got back from the convention I went to. As you were saying that, JP walked by and Bo was joyfully hopped, hopped behind him. Is, is following him happily along. Look at him. Um, yeah, he has been a little jerk. So he has bonded with JP. And like that is his person, which is fine because, <laughs> because I feel like, okay, that's good. Maybe I won't be so like sad when the time comes that he does pass. Cause I still, when I think about Buller, I'll still like cry. Yeah. And I went to the convention. <laughs> oh, there he goes again. Uh, went to the convention. And when I came back, I got in bed. And so I went to go cuddle up next to my husband that little jerk of a dog, like, hopped up on the bed, pushed his way in between us, like, basically used his two paws to push me <laughs> out of the way, and then took his paws and, like, laid and hugged onto JP and just laid there and then looked back at me, like, <laughs> who's the bitch now? Like, um, yeah, and he's been, 
And then I went and took him on a walk and he refused to come back home. He threw himself on the, the <laughs> sidewalk. So I had to pick him up and walk him part way. And it's like people like people are gonna look at me going, This lady's abusing being abusing her, her three legged dog. Like, oh my god, he's been such a jerk. We should totally take him to the witches. We should though. take him to the witches. He would Does love he it. Have, do you have Bullet's bumblebee costume? I he didn't have a bumblebee, he had a pumpkin one. Oh, though, that's what but it was. I think I do. I think I do. Uh, we, we should dress him up and okay, we'll take him. Let's do that. Uh so what's a good thing that happened to you? Taylor Swift release new songs oh yes love them mm-hmm. um now that we don't talk is my favorite and it's short it's only two and a half minutes long really mm-hmm. I'm gonna have to i just love the breakup songs mm-hmm. lee and i both love breakup songs do you feel <laughs> the empowerment behind it we just love them <laughs> love songs just They're too much too we gooey you uh-huh. know and then I, I had my first week at my new job and it was fabulous you have a new job. That's mm-hmm. amazing. I'm so excited for you. And we're still close. Yes. So we can still, we met for lunch one day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you just enjoyed it and it was an easy first week. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know, easy, but. It was yeah. a smooth transition. Yeah, it was a smooth transition. Good. Have good feelings about yeah, it. Yeah, and there's a lot of similar, it's so weird because I've never gone from a role where you are kind of in the same role. Mm -hmm. So I've always had to go start over pretty much and like, okay, what are we doing? What is this? And this is the first time I'm like, oh, everything's familiar ish. It's kind of set up the same way. Mm -hmm. That's nice. Mm -hmm. It makes you feel more confident about it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But I don't want to get like too confident. Yeah. I know that is interesting because I guess I've have had a few jobs where you, I mean, you work in systems obviously, Mm -hmm. right? But then it was kind of cool because it had there were a couple jobs in between one medical job and then now, but it was the same s- scheduling system that I oh. used before. So I was like, oh, it's kind of a relief when you're like, okay, cool. Yeah, I, something I, familiar. Something familiar, even though things change uh-huh. and it had been a little while. But I was like, oh, yeah, I know this system. I know there's like all these things that you can do in it. Mm-hmm. But um, really, I don't do any of the same things that I did with my old job in that mm-hmm. system it's kind of weird but yeah but it is nice to see something familiar yeah something familiar and mm-hmm. it's i uh, i guess when i started multiple jobs i didn't know anyone but i feel like mm-hmm. i know everyone that i work with before so it was weird going to a job where i didn't know anyone like this everyone job. was new mm-hmm. i didn't know a single person mm-hmm so that's always interesting. That's always hard too. Because mm-hmm. even when I started working at the gym, I like knew some of the people already. Yeah, like trying to read people out, mm-hmm. feel them out. Yeah, mm-hmm. and they're trying to feel you out. Yes, you're like, like crazy. Looking, yeah, you're looking at each other, going, oh, "I don't know." <laughs> These pants are tight. I gotta unbutton them. Um, my good thing is, is that I went to a convention down in San Diego and it was so amazing and uh, inspiring. It was, um, a convention for a grant that we, that I kind of work, um, even though it's not my grant that I get paid out of for my job, I do help support people in this grant. And Mm -hmm. so it was inspiring because it's for California natives so I'd say probably 90 to 95% of the people in the room are were Native American, which yeah, that's, that's crazy. crazy. How many people were there? There was probably about 100 of us. Wow. And it was 
so amazing to see or listen to the speakers that they had. And, were the speakers native too? Um, I would say the majority of the speakers were Native American. And then it was, um, there was a lot of people there from USC and UCLA, I think. And they were like the analytical mm-hmm. part of it for the grant and then also the technical assistance. So there were a few that were Native American and then there was some that were just Caucasian white mm-hmm. um, but for the most part the room was represented by Native Americans but the crazy thing is is that I actually went all the way to San Diego and there was a ton of people from our tribe there Round mm-hmm. Valley and they were all like our cousins mm-hmm. and from the same tree cousins not like the quote-unquote cousins <laughs> not like were, Nicole Mann right? oh which by the way we looked into her after we oh yeah we did dropped it. our podcast about her because we wanted to see if she was not a government implant and she is not and we confirmed this through the Facebook aunties <laughs> yes definitely confirmed it from the yep Facebook <laughs> we did a dive and we we're like oh for sure that's Native American <laughs> it fit the course like yeah, yeah. Um, so it was really cool to meet them. And then the most, this is the best part was that one of, um, my cousins that I met, he, on the, the, like the second day he came up to me in the morning and he had written down on a piece of paper, um, a couple of sentences in Wailaki. And so I sat down with him and he gave me like a lesson on the Wailaki language on those mm-hmm. specific sentences. And that's so cool. I was so honored. And Can you touched. say something? Um, I have to look at the piece of paper to be able to say it. Otherwise, uh, I, I'm terrible with linguistics, and that's what I told him. I'm like, I'm so bad with linguistics. I'm like, can you pronounce it? I have to read it, see it, hear it. Mm-hmm. So uh, if I say, um, I can say, unjong unda, ashalye emile, she kineste. So I said, good morning. Hello, my name is Emily. I am Wailaki. Aww. Yeah. Was the MLA part just? Uh, it was just like <laughs> it's one of them. Because it's hard to say is that the, your name in Wailaki. Uh, yeah, that's my name in Wailaki. <laughs> uh, Shulye Emily. Because <laughs> it's MLA. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that was really cool to sit down mm-hmm. with him and see the project that he and his group has created with the grant funding. And just amazing, mm-hmm. amazing work, inspiring. Where does he live? He lives in Hoopa, and then the other cousins lived in Crescent City, somewhere in Covalo, and then some work for Round Valley, so they actually commute to Round Valley, but they oh live God. in Sebastopol. They commute from Se- They don't have to go every day. Oh, that's So, nice. yeah. Dang, that's crazy. I know. Yeah. Wow. So cool. That is yeah. cool. It was very fun. So that was my my good thing. It was awesome. I felt very inspired and I just felt like whatever is wherever my path is going to lead me, I'm mm-hmm. like having a lot of personal growth and that was really fun. There's always a fine line at conferences between being overwhelmed by everything out there that you can do mm-hmm. and being inspired because mm-hmm. sometimes you're like oh I can do all these things then sometimes you're like oh my god there's all these things I can do but like <laughs> right. where do I start this was inspiring that's great it was inspiring especially for people who are on the um it's just like with the disparities between what like living on a reservation mm-hmm. and um and then what they can do 
mm-hmm. and what they create and what they're giving back to their community. It's amazing. I would be really interested to see how many people in the United States don't realize that reservations are still a thing. Oh, I'm sure there's a huge population that doesn't know about reservations and that they are basically third world countries. Like mm-hmm. you, there are no running water, no electricity, yeah. very limited resources. I know. I could go off on like how natives, I feel like, are very the forgotten people of the United States mm-hmm. in a sense, because I think that there are so many other um, issues with our country mm-hmm. brought to the forefront and. And there the, aren't a lot of Native Americans to come together and... Well, the population is so small. Right. Given the... We don't have a large voice. We don't. And it is so small because... There, well, we've talked about this before with, like, the genocide of the Native Americans. Mm-hmm. Like, we're still here. There's, you know... Yeah. Well, even, like, when people talk about, like, voting rights and women's rights and... Um, some people were able to vote before Native Americans, um, and a lot of people don't realize that. Everybody. Everyone was la- Native to- Americans were the last ones. Yeah. So, yes. Yeah. It was great, though. Super inspiring. I love that. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was the age range? Like, were there- um, well, our, one of our cousins, so Tisanchi is our cousin, and her little girl was there, and her little girl was probably under, was probably two and a half. Really? Oh. Yes. Um, and she was so good. Oh, my gosh. And they were like, oh, yeah, this isn't her first conference. She's oh been to God. them before. And the really cool thing, I don't know if this is a thing at other conferences, but I have seen it a lot at some of the meetings that I've gone to for um, – like more Native American um, meetings, but they have a whole back table that has craft stuff. Mm. So you literally just go to the back table and they had all kinds of beads and string and um, they had like knitting, like crocheting materials Mm -hmm. and um, on the tables they had coloring and stuff like that. So Towards on the last day, on the third day, it was a lot of information. I was kind of like on overload and Mm -hmm. I was just like tired and getting ready. Okay, we got to travel too. And so I went and got myself a whole bunch of like beads and I started working on a bracelet. And so it was really cool because I thought, I was like, oh my gosh. Yes, I'm like, I'm working on this. But then I started my moon, so I can't finish the the beading project. Mm -hmm. So I have to wait. Um, Yeah. So you got to get on that IUD. Never, I know. Never. You can beat all I want. <laughs> yeah. You're never, um, you could do anything all the time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so that was really cool too, where they have like the craft. So That's yes, really cool. she was like probably two and a half. Mm-hmm. And then there were people that were probably in their eighties there. Mm-hmm. And then I did meet a lady. I'll show you the book after we're done, but I met a lady who is from Hoopa she lives on the reservation and she wrote a book. She said she's just been a writer her whole life. She's like, I wrote my first story when I was in kindergarten. And, um, so she talked about her book and her story and I bought, mm-hmm. I bought it cause I, first I was like, Oh, I'm going to go on Amazon. And then the next day there was somebody there and they're like, Oh no, she has, she didn't even sell it to me. It was this other lady that was yeah. her. And so I'll show you it. I'm excited Ooh. to read this book. Is it nonfiction or? Um, it's like the characters are based 
they're not like real people, mm-hmm. but she'll take some things like that she'll sprinkle in, but there no one in the story is, but the stories are very prevalent of what mm. happens on reservations. Yeah. Kind of like so, the fire keepers. Yeah. So, uh, she, um, she signed it for me and then oh. I actually made a connection with her and she was like, Oh yeah, I'll call you. Cause she needed some things mm-hmm. down here in this area. And uh, it was just so cool. Like yeah. I made, I'm like, oh my gosh! You got to write, meet somebody who wrote a book. Got to yeah. meet like doctors and professors who are Native American people from Oklahoma, from Wisconsin. From it was just really cool. People are so cool, and I they know. can accomplish yes. the coolest things. Yes. And then the most moving speaker, he actually, he is Native American. He was um, raised on a reservation. And then he was telling his story. But part of his story is he went to prison. And then he, like, when he got out, you know, he uh, really wanted to learn more about his culture and bringing that into, like, ceremony. Like, he wanted to learn his culture so he can do ceremony. Mm. And um, now he is a CEO of this company that is runs like an SUD program for Native Americans. Oh, wow. And just how he started with nothing. Mm-hmm. And he even when he was there, they were getting a phone call for like a patient in need. And he was like, yep, let's just do it. Don't worry about the insurance. We'll, we'll make it happen. And it was just like, oh, my God, these people yeah. are so cool. Like, he knew that if we – he his company didn't help this person when they were in need and needing – in crisis and mm-hmm. asking for help, like, wh- what are they going to do? They're going to go back yeah. on the streets and start using again, right? Mm-hmm. But he knew the importance of, like, no, let's just get them in. Mm-hmm. Let's help them now, you know? That's so cool. It was really cool. Wow. Yes. Wow. Very, very <laughs> inspiring. Uh, so while I'm talking about being inspiring and you're like starting your new job and all these things. I know, this is kind of a weird topic. I know. Um, the topic is, I don't know if you've, do you know what, uh, quiet quitting is? I don't really know that much about it, so. Okay. It's a good thing you have lots of notes. Did you, have you heard about it before? I've heard about it. Um, I've seen like videos and like little memes about it and stuff, but that's about it. So silently quitting, quietly quitting, it's kind. It's all kind of the same. Um, what would be your take on it? Like, what do you think that you've seen? When I tried to look up a little bit about it, I don't know if I agree with it. Um, I see the point. There was a couple of things where I, as I was reading it, because in my mind, I was like, yeah, this makes sense. Okay, well, Quietly quitting. So you're not outright quitting your job, but you're quitting the idea of going above and beyond. Mm-hmm. So that's one take on it. Um, it's pretty much kind of the take on it. So, you know, you're at your job. Everybody kind of hears this and knows this. Uh, I mean, we feel it all the time at our jobs where you you you're supposed to do this job, Mm -hmm. but then you start to take on more jobs, right? As people leave, people Mm -hmm. quit, more work's coming. So you're just absorbing more work. But as you're absorbing more work, do you get paid more? What is it called? And other duties as assigned? Yes. (laughs) um, And other in your job. Exactly. So, you know, I think you and I both, we really take our 
we take our jobs very seriously. Yes. And I think that we're both very passionate and put our all into it. And that's why we get so burnt out sometimes. Um, so, like, me starting my new job, I'm really trying to, like, work on my boundaries and up front so mm-hmm. that I don't have to backtrack on my boundaries mm-hmm. later. But... Yeah, that's, I think, why I couldn't really resonate with it. Because I was like, I just can't imagine not doing it. Yeah, or not going above and beyond. So I did read a little bit of that. Because I agree with you. Like, I'm not going to go into a job being like... Because we all know people like that, right? Yeah, like, no, that's not in my job description. That's not my job. I that's could never my... say those words. <laughs> I couldn't either. But I have noticed probably in the last year... I've been more like, you know, I'm going to pause right here and I'm going to push back a little bit because I really don't think this is something that I should be doing. Yeah, well, your work crosses sometimes lines with like providers and you're not, a, you're a provider in a sense, yeah, yes. <laughs> but like you're not a provider you're not a doctor you're not a therapist like you Mm -hmm. don't have that title of a provider or even like a social worker Mm -hmm. so I've become kind of the social worker but not social worker Mm -hmm. and then I'll get really weird requests of things um of asks and it's like well technically this is really really not my job but you know obviously I'm gonna try to do my best to find it right and I hear doctors say that I'll be in meetings and they'll be like you know this is outside of my scope so it's like okay you can learn to like push back and that's Mm -hmm. fair Mm -hmm. like why would you take on something where it really isn't yeah and uh, there's always like obviously if it's illegal or Mm -hmm. like you People are going to get hurt if you take on a job right. that you don't know how to do. But, like, little things where it's like, oh, your other coworker is incapable, so you have to do this. It's really hard for me to be like, oh, no, I'm not doing that. They need to figure it out. Well, even, like, <laughs> they – so when we lost our social media person who you ended up doing all the social media. But mm-hmm. technically, that was, like, a whole nother job. Mm-hmm. So it's just like things like that. You lose people and companies, but it's still you need it to get done. So yeah. who's going to do it? Who's it going to fall on? Whose shoulders is it going to fall on? Um, I, I think, too, like real estate is awesome because anytime like clients have any kind of like tax questions, I'm like, you need to really talk to your tax advisor or the person mm-hmm. that does it. Because it's like, I'm not going to advise you on your taxes. Yes. I am. That's not where my expertise is at. And the same thing with any kind of like legalities between like with your trust and the people. And it's like, mm-hmm. you really need to talk to your advisor, your mm-hmm. lawyer, your tax person. I think like real estate really helps it was black and white yeah i talked about that before when i started working part-time and it's like i loved how black and white it was because in my previous job it was pretty gray like am i do do i have the authority Mm -hmm. to make this decision or make that call but like at the bank you'd be like oh i physically don't have the capabilities and access on my computer to do that for you Mm -hmm. right and like i think with like real estate you definitely like i can give you 10 different contractors information and I can tell you these are the people I've worked with before Mm -hmm. but at the end of the day like I'm giving you 10 references it's not my job to be like you have to go with that person because legally I don't want to get myself in trouble like Mm -hmm. here are all the 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 not tools but the resources Mm -hmm. and at the end of the day you make your decision but like when it comes to your contract obviously I'm the one that represents you so I know (laughs) the contract I can tell you what it is I can tell you 
the ins and outs of that. So have you seen someone quiet quit in real life? Um, see, I feel like it's the term quiet quitting that I don't like because quitting to me is like, I'm not doing anything. Yes. I mean, cause I know people, I've worked with people that only do what's in their job description, mm-hmm. but I like, I wouldn't say they're like quitting, <laughs> you know, and they're I, not being quiet about it. Right. <laughs> I, I mean, I don't know. Could you say, I could say that I've left a job before where I know I'm like, okay, I'm going to be out of here. I know whether I have that job or not the next mm-hmm. job, like, okay, six weeks out, like there's this thing that I don't really want to do. And I'm not going to do it. And I'm going to put it off as long as I can, knowing that I'm probably not going to be here in six weeks. And I know you've done that. Where you put things off? Like, it's not really something that you need to do today. And it's not something you really want to oh, work like on. like an ongoing project. Like an ongoing project. Yeah, I definitely have a lot of ongoing projects. So, for me... And, and then here's another thing, too. Like, I can say, in my mind... I am giving my all to my job. So I'm doing my best to help community members and the providers and inside the clinic. But there's also a point where I feel like it's sometimes it's exhausting where you are on repeat and you're telling the same thing over. So I know I've come to the conclusion like, hey, I've done my best to explain that. So it's not being heard. So I'm going to stop saying that over and even though I know that's the answer mm-hmm. to the problem, mm-hmm. I can no, no one's longer, listening no to one's you. listening. So I'm not like, I'm quitting on that. Mm-hmm. Like not my problem anymore. I've told you guys 10 times. Mm-hmm. So now it's not, it's out of my hands now. Yeah. I don't, but I'm not quitting. I'm just saying like, I'm not putting any more effort into it. Mm-hmm. Um, so quietly quitting it's more of people saying okay i'm not going above and beyond anymore because i'm not being compensated for it Mm -hmm. i think that's where i also think that maybe quiet quitting is more common in corporate roles yes like i don't think that like nonprofits are really the space where people can quiet quit but i think that like in corporations where you maybe are hybrid or not and there's not a lot of supervision and you kind of just have a job and you can do it because I can think of jobs that I've done in the past where like I literally could have just done what my tasks were and that could be it but I think that it depends on what job you're in so you're exactly right so they were saying that where they're seeing this more so I, I got a couple of like little statistics or whatever so according to this one article that was updated in may of this year Mm -hmm. um is quiet quitting real and they said that quiet quitting makes up at least 50 percent of the workforce Mm -hmm. um probably more but they did find that it was like um i don't know what the generation is but the younger generation like 35 and younger Mm -hmm. they were more so doing that um quiet quitting of just not putting in that that effort and it's so funny because i was in my head i was like oh my god i can see the arguments of like the older generations like look at them they're so lazy they're not doing it but here in my own thoughts as i was reading these different Mm -hmm. things um i 
you're right. You are correct when I was reading that they were saying that what you, you know, you can't really get away with it. Like you said, if you're, if you have a team or if mm-hmm. your team's relying on you, or obviously if you, you're doctors or you have patients and stuff yeah. like that, like you can't or like really do that. like a customer service job. You can't really quite quit. You're just kind of like, okay, I'm talking to this person, but maybe you just don't care as much anymore. Right. You're just like, yeah. okay, whatever. But, but like your job is literally to care. Yeah, right to make it, something happen to be yeah. there for the customer, As a customer they, service. they were saying you're exactly right like it was happening with more like hybrid jobs so if you're like at home and you or can like kind of data where it's just kind of like mm-hmm. and you could take on other projects mm-hmm. but you're like oh actually that's not right so yes you were correct in where it, they were finding mm-hmm. it um it said that so there have been articles in the Wall Street Journal on this, also in the Guardian. Um, mine was a Gallup art article. Um, people are mentally checking out or not ac- accepting more work without the pay. So that's kind of what we spoke about. Mm-hmm. Um, they said that, and this I thought was interesting. I thought this was interesting. The decline in engagement is related to the clarity of expectations. The decline in engagement is related oh so jobs are kind of ambiguous so people are losing interest Mm -hmm. and not knowing what is expected of them Mm -hmm. and it's like i totally see that it's like i'm so confused what's happening here what am i supposed to be doing well the pandemic changed everything about the workforce and a lot of roles changed a lot of roles became not really necessary anymore there were roles that became necessary that weren't there before covid like even thinking about the screeners at Mm -hmm. the hospital like those jobs were never needed before they didn't exist they didn't exist and so now maybe they're keeping people or letting go of people or having to find new needs so they're like we need you but we really don't know what like what do you do after so again, you're exactly <laughs> right. So part of that statement that I just read, it said, okay, clarity of expectations, opportunities to grow. If you're a screener, you don't have an opportunity to grow, mm-hmm. right? That was your job. It was only one job. Feeling cared about and connection to the organization. Oh, absolutely. So that's causing the disconnect as well. So if you don't feel like you're connected to that mm-hmm. or you don't feel valued, you're not going to give your all yeah um so that creates that disconnect uh they did say what helps people um feel more connected or feel like more purposeful because I always like to know like the why and the how of my job Mm -hmm. like how is this affecting what what is my work doing what is this project what's the end goal like I like to see all that I know the end goal because Mm -hmm. it's like what are we what do we want out of this why am i putting so much time into it mm-hmm. what are we going to do with it cuz then otherwise you're like well why am i doing all this yeah if i don't understand what's going to be at the end mm-hmm. so they said that oh i guess a lot of people too that were quitting were like managers they were but then it was weird because this uh, i don't know i just kind of read about that managers so um they were saying by keeping employees I don't know, satisfied or whatever. Mm -hmm. If managers once, at least once a week had meaningful conversation, meaningful conversations Mm -hmm. with their, their team that's under them. So 15 to 30 minutes once a week, that helps. And I would say you would have to have like a manager that actually was listening and caring. Yes. 
Absolutely. Well, I think that um, managers, the best manager doesn't necessarily know how to do everything, but they know how to manage people. They, managers tend, good managers tend to have skills that you can't teach. They just naturally have those abilities to lead. Mm -hmm. And that's their strength. Because managers can do a really good job managing, not really knowing what the nitty gritty is. Mm -hmm. Sometimes. I mean, Mm -hmm. I'm not speaking for all jobs. Right. But, you know, like, we've all had managers that were like, hey, how's your job? And you're like, oh, fine. Good. Yeah, they don't even know your name. Yeah, they don't, or they don't know your name, you know. (laughs) So, uh, but that's what they said. And I I would agree with that. Um, Another little thing that I saw today, you know, Adam Grant, the the work psychologist, Mm -hmm. he, I think he's a psychologist. He's written a couple books and has a podcast. And he said, flexibility is worth as much to people as an 8% raise. What we value most is skipping the commute. We dislike schlepping more than working. And what his point was is that, hey, out there, people, companies, like we are going to a hybrid work week. Like Mm -hmm. people are no longer working in the office five days a week. And these are the reasons why, like, people appreciate the flexibility and they mm-hmm. would rather take the fe- flexibility than the money. Mm-hmm. And that the hardest part is, like, you know, we've talked about this before, like, getting up and I'm like, oh, my God, I got to go walk my dog and then I got to go do this and then I got to get myself to work mm-hmm. and then I got to be there. And then you're just, instead of just being like, okay, I'm at home. I know, like, I can get these things done. I know I can do my job. And... There's a value of a company understanding that the flexibility is more important to people. Mm-hmm. Um, I think also right now, the job market has like the companies that have grown and the companies that have not. And it'll be interesting to see what happens to those companies right now that are really investing in their people mm-hmm. and what their people want. Mm-hmm. And listening. Because mm-hmm. there was another thing that I saw. I, I didn't write this one. Oh, my gosh. There's a horse walking down the street. You scared the shit oh. out of me. <laughs> oh, my gosh. There's two horses. <laughs> Do they have? I can't see anything. Um, there was another thing Aww. that I saw. Oh, the other horse doesn't have a rider. They're walking it. Bo's. Oh, is he? He's like going to head over there. Look at him. How cute. Should we stop this while we're looking at that? No. Okay. (laughs) I completely lost my dream. I know. Well, I was talking about Adam Grant. um, And then. Not Adam Driver. Yeah. um, uh, God, what was the other thing that I saw? Um, The. Um, employers taking care of their employees. It'll come back to me. All yeah, it'll be really that... interesting to see what companies are going to be thriving and which ones are going to be downfalling. Oh, I know what it was. I saw it was like you know you get the quality control survey. Mm-hmm. Everybody gets it. The employees get it. And I think I sent it to you where you get the survey, and the company sends it, and then it's ignored. Oh, yeah. So they don't really, it's like they're probably just sending that out because they have to put it in their report uh-huh. for the year. Like we gave a, a, a client or a, a survey. Employee. Yeah. Or they're not asking the right questions. Mm-hmm. And it's hard just in the comments to explain. Express. Yeah, express what you're needing. So 
Forbes was saying like, why is this happening? And that's kind of what, because you were saying like, I agree with it, but I don't agree with mm-hmm. it. Maybe we don't really see it because we work for a nonprofit. So clearly you have to be invested in a mm-hmm. nonprofit or have some sort of tie to it. Your heart's got to be in Your it. Your heart has to be in it. <laughs> um, but the the Forbes was saying that there were, there I think there was three or four things. One of them is the power of purpose. And that's kind of what we talked about. Like, why are we doing this? Mm-hmm. What is like, what is the meaning? Um, we're going to lack enthusiasm on a project if nobody understands why we're doing mm-hmm. it, or what the goal is. And then, like you said, uh, the pandemic has, it changed a lot. And that's when this actually started to come out. It was in the first person so the first person that coined this term, well, it's not the first person. So who coined the term quiet quitting was Brian Creeley. He's a corporate recruiter and then he turned coach and he related this term onto TikTok and then also YouTube in 2022. But earlier before him, it had been referenced by an economist, Mark Bulger in 2009. Mm-hmm. So I don't think he used the term quiet quitting, but this other economist was recognizing mm-hmm. that it was happening. And then in China, they they call it lying flat. And that came like t- in 2021. See, that's an easier term to digest. Quiet quitting is really harsh. We're a harsh kind of country, I guess. <laughs> Capitalism. Yes. Quiet <laughs> but quitting. But like laying flat makes more sense. It's like, okay, I'm just going to Lay low. I'm going to lay low, do what I came here to do, mm-hmm. what I'm getting paid to do. Right. And yeah, lay low. Lay low. Um, let's see. You know what's interesting? We've never really talked about like the, or maybe we did, where women generally have like the not emotional labor but we get the task for example it's someone's birthday and the manager brings in a cake who's cutting the cake it's gonna be a woman (laughs) that has to go get all the plates and the forks and cut the cake Mm -hmm. for everyone and have we talked about that lately i don't think we've talked about it who's organizing the secret santa a guy's not organizing the secret Santa. Well, maybe I'm being like really, um, maybe from your polarizing experience, your your experiences. <laughs> yeah, but like usually, usually, and there's definitely companies that you see. I think things are maybe too in California. Like you're seeing a little bit of like a change mm-hmm. on. Oh yeah, but I can see where in some states it's probably oh or some companies oh, that we have yeah. both worked for before uh-huh. like where you're like oh yeah like, that's a woman's is, job yeah. you're like wait a minute yes <laughs> uh, <laughs> the job description literally was like sit there and smile yeah. <laughs> look pretty yeah um i don't know i wrote this down so it must have been kind of oh the these are the things that forbes said so the power of purpose and then we choose how we withdraw So if there's a sign that you're having and Mm -hmm. you're like, I just don't like being here anymore. These are the things that I hate. Like if you see yourself stepping out of a situation, a job, a relationship, Mm -hmm. right? You step out, you step away from it. You know when you do it, right? Mm -hmm. We all have done it. We've all stepped out of a relate. And when I say step out of a relationship, I don't mean, yeah, cheat. I mean like 
you know you're yeah. you're done, but you're, you're not, like on eating dinner and you're like, I actually don't hate you. <laughs> yes. So same thing with a job. You know, you yeah. know that moment or those moments that uh-huh. are building out of it. So that's a sign. That's mm-hmm. a sign for you. Like you need to make a decision and what's your decision going to be and what's your plan. So something needs to be done. Mm-hmm. You So we choose how we're going to withdraw. Mm-hmm. So if you're just going to go on the rest of your life just quietly quitting at the same job yeah you probably need to go do something else yeah uh so that was something um and then the other thing the third thing is that employers employers like can you imagine if a paramedic quietly quit yes you're like, eh, you know what? I don't feel like getting CPR today. <laughs> like, you can't. You just, you can't. Like, in some jobs, you just can't. You can't. You got to be there. Okay. Wait, I, the third thing. But oh, okay. okay. The other one was employers need to step up and build a culture that makes people want to stay. Yes, absolutely. Those remind me of in college, I did a project and we talked about retention and all the things that were really important that to have. And it was like a really big balancing game to keep everyone wanting to work for you and encouraged and passionate and committed and a lot of those points were were included but what I was going to say is I we noticed this when we went to Nashville the customer service was just phenomenal and this week I felt like the grumpiest like customer like I felt like that Karen because (laughs) we have no food in our house and we were moving and packing all I wanted was a soda that's all I wanted a root beer Mm -hmm. so we ordered um to go or where they delivered to your house and I asked them can I order a soda and they're like oh yeah no problem we can give you a soda and I was like that's all I want that's all I want a root beer I was looking I don't drink soda I was looking forward to this all day long I was gonna have it with my pizza they forgot my soda. That always happens to you. I know. And then literally the next day when I went and got dinner, we all know Lee's food choices yes. are so incredibly so complicated. So I ordered us food. His First of all, when I got there, my online order was nowhere to be found. And the people were just so like un like they oh. quietly quit literally. And I'm just like, you guys like don't work here then. Yeah. And um, then his order was so long. My food item was on the very bottom. They forgot my whole dinner, and the way they like packaged up my food was they could have put it into two little things. It was all in this one bag, just smushed in there. So I'm like, it's gonna take so much work to like pull it all out and like figure. And I get it if it was like five minutes before they were closing. It was not five minutes before they were closing. I get home, my food item's not in there. You need to order yours entirely separate That's from Lee's. That's what I'm going to start doing Because now. his are so complicated. But, okay, I, like, felt like I cared because I'm, like, I keep going to these places and trying to support, like, local businesses. Yeah. And all of these kids have failed. keep failing me. <laughs> I Well, you're so right. When we were in Tennessee, everybody, it, like... Whether they genuinely liked you or not, I mean, yeah. they're a server, so that's they their probably job, hate your right? They just by being there. Yes, they do. <laughs> but they just, they played it so well, yeah, and they, they were really just so it. nice, and it was lovely, and it felt good, and... Uh, I feel like in our area, you walk in anywhere, and everyone just hates you. Yes. Like, they don't want to serve you. They want you to get the F out. 
<laughs> I they hate yes, you. Yes, they hate you. They don't want to be there. Uh-uh, like no very rarely. There's um one guy that works at um a place where we work where we always go and uh-huh. i love him and he's always oh, yeah. so nice and i always tip him mm. i always tip him yes i know who you're talking about yeah yeah he's just a cute kid uh-huh. just nice just like chill yeah happy to be there uh-huh. friendly smile yeah always ask do you want a lemon in that iced tea <laughs> <laughs> always he always always <laughs> uh yeah, it's a really hard thing. And I think, too, like, you go back to, like, the different generations or whatever. And, um, again, I know we've talked – we talk about the boomers. I'm a Gen X or whatever. And I don't you know what I am. But, you know, you do get a lot of, like – a lot of times, like – no, I'm not saying all, but I'm saying there's a majority of people who just don't understand, like, what? You changed your job again? Like, mm-hmm. what? Are, but then – um, you once you explain to them like, look, there there is literally no loyalty of that employer to mm-hmm. me. There's no pension. They don't care. They'll they literally do not care about this hot blooded body that's sitting yeah. there. Helping. Some some corporations. Some cor- corporations, um, but once you explain like you know there's no more pension involved or mm-hmm. there's not this or there's not that it's like you you have to go where the the money is going to be greater because now you're just surviving right mm-hmm. great if you can find something that can support your passion or that you feel connected with that's awesome um but when the it goes back to like building a culture where it makes people want to stay do i feel safe here do I feel heard? Do I feel like my voice cares? Do I feel like they're actually, you know, listening to mm-hmm. me? So um, I can see why people quietly quit. and then They're laying low. They're laying low. <laughs> <laughs> laying low. Yeah, I just, I don't know what it is. I feel like such a boomer when, especially when it comes to customer service. Because, like, I put in my time. I'm still putting in my time. So I feel like I should be treated. decently when i go order something i that's so i think it's your company of who you're with but even when he's not there ordering your yeah like oh my god i went to as simple as like starbucks where the order is literally printed on your tag and i only eat one breakfast item from starbucks i won't eat anything else they just gross me out i get to work there's a ham and cheese croissant (laughs) i'm like what is this i'm not gonna eat this i'm gonna you want me to starve Oh, I know. But then I think about all those times. And, oh, my God, I talked about this, too, with your, you and your rocks and your windows. Oh, yes. Because mom always is, like, stressed out about a rock going through her window, and a rock always goes through her window. And I, maybe I'm, like, stressing out about my food items because it's just, like, a rolling ball scenario of, like, every time I order somewhere, it's not right. You're manifesting, manifesting it. Yes, that's so true. I need to start manifesting, like, better Oh my god, you it's so weird. And this morning my coworker was like, she said something and she's like, I'm gonna manifest that for me today. Literally three seconds oh. after she got a call that was that let her do what she was manifesting. What? Yeah, I was like, you are powerful. And she's the same, she's also FOMO. <gasps> oh my god, that's amazing. I 
I remember we've talked about this before. Like my manifestation game was like on mm-hmm. point and there's something that I really, truly, truly want to happen. And I just keep, and even after being at that conference and somebody like our tribe, Wailaki, they, they're doing this incredible project and they're bringing the canoe back. So they had this huge log that was brought in and they're making the traditional way a canoe wow but it's a lot of work right and it's the traditional way so it's like taking all this work Mm -hmm. and they haven't had one there in like a hundred years it's been this long journey and what the person of from this um organization said was the eel river but we don't have any land to put this canoe to like put Mm -hmm. it into the water and i was like Oh my God, it broke my heart hearing that, Mm. that here is the indigenous people from that land, Mm -hmm. but they have no land. They have no access to water. Mm -mm. So they did call the, um, they got involved with the state parks Mm -hmm. and they were like, absolutely, we'll make, help you make this happen so they can put in, in the water, but they have to use a state park. But I was like, that blows my mind how... Yeah. The native people don't even have access to that. Mm-hmm. That's insane. So I'm going to manifest that. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. You're, that'll happen for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How do I stop manifesting bad service? You I feel like it's going to be like, it's going to be amazing. My quesadilla is going to be fabulous. I feel like such a Karen. <laughs> <laughs> like, I just want to go back there and make it myself. <laughs> uh, well... So we hope you're not um, quietly, quietly, laying low. yeah, quietly laying low. And if you are, then that's the sign. Make a new plan. See, that's where I'm such a hater because I'm like, if you're feeling all these things and you feel like you need to quiet quit, get a new job. I know. <laughs> like, is that harsh of me? I mean, you have to too understand like people where they're at. Like some people, they truly can't. They need like the benefits. They have their kids. They can't. But like. A new job. But too, I did it. I needed the benefits. I had kids. You were in college and I just, it all worked out. It all worked out. But Mm -hmm. if you're seriously that unhappy where you're like, Mm -hmm. I am not doing anything else for this organization, you'd probably do yourself in the organization a favor by just (laughs) moving along. True. Move along. (laughs) We'll call it the moving along effect. (laughs) That's what we can name it. (laughs) Moving along. That just reminds me of the song. Move along. Wait, oh. what's the beginning of it? It's Green Day. It's like if you. It's something funny. I will have to listen to it, but I know exactly what you're talking about. So, thanks for joining us. We are back. Let Hopefully, us know if you're quietly quitting or also receiving bad service in Sonoma County. Or it's <laughs> just me. <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening to Not Sisters podcast. Bye.